Welcome back to another episode of Fig and Farm at Home. Today we're talking about something that is a little bit sensitive. It is a little bit hard to hear if you are in this situation. And so before I dive into to today's topic, I want to just first say that if what we're talking about today resonates with you, I want you to know, first of all, that you're not alone, that you have a ginormous supporter over here in your corner rooting you on and ready to help when you're ready and change can happen. Are you curious what we're talking about today? Last week I had the opportunity to go into a client's home and I happened to have an availability that was last minute. A last minute time slot opened up and I could be there the next afternoon after she contacted me or I could wait a week. And she at first said, let's wait a week. But she came back shortly after and said, you know what, let's take that time slot, the one that's sooner, because I do want action to happen. I do want to take actionable steps. Let's get started. And when I asked her why she made that change, I had an idea of why she made that change, went from a week away to the next day. She said because she was embarrassed of her home. She was embarrassed. She wanted to spend the week doing as much as she could in order to prepare for our meeting. She wanted to remediate whatever she could in order to have her home put its best foot forward for me to walk through the door. She was embarrassed, and that made me so incredibly sad. Not just for her, but for so many of you who are in that same situation that you are embarrassed of your home. You're embarrassed of the way that it represents you, the way that it makes you feel. You might even cancel arrangements with friends, people coming over, because you don't necessarily feel comfortable having that. And so what I want you to know is that if this is you, and if this hits very tender to you, I want you to know that I'm here. I want you to know that I hear you, and I want you to know that I was you. We're going to dive into that a little bit in today's conversation, and I want you to most importantly know that there can be change on the horizon. All right, enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget. And I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank. And I'm sharing it all with you tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Over the course of years, I have had the opportunity to have so many conversations with people about their homes. Sometimes it's in a formal situation where I am teaching the client or I'm designing for the client. Sometimes it's a very casual conversation and I just pick up the gist of what it is and how it is they feel about their home. And more often times than not, I hear these words. 
I'm embarrassed of my home. I'm embarrassed. And when we dive a little bit deeper and we ask why they're embarrassed, a lot of times it comes down to this one thing. It comes down to having too much stuff. And we spend a little bit of time here talking about having too much stuff and how stuff affects us. But I was doing a little research this week, and that research indicated that the average home has over 300,000 items. That is a staggering number. Women in general tend to be stressed by their home environments when they are surrounded by too much stuff. There is a statistic that I'm going to, I don't have in front of me, but I'm going to forget the first number. I think it's 54 or 48% of the average American or Americans, I should say, recognize that they have too much stuff in their homes, but 78% of these people have no idea what to do about it. And that's just the stuff. But embarrassment, when we look a little bit deeper, when you have embarrassment over your home, when you don't want to invite other people in, when you feel even not settled in your own space, not settled enough that you don't even enjoy being in your own four walls, that can be problematic. When I was growing up, I was living in a home with six children and two parents and a dog or two at the time. It depended on which dog was living, and it was overwhelming. I've shared briefly a little bit about the history before on the podcast, but this home space as a young girl, as a teenage girl, even as a young adult, bringing people home to my home was embarrassing. There was clutter everywhere. Oftentimes, we couldn't sit down and have dinner at our dining room table. If we wanted to, we had to move all of the stuff that was piled on top of the table in order to make space. And then we might have to actually move the table away from the wall, change the tablecloth, dust the chairs. It, it was not a pretty picture. And how heart-wrenching for this young child who may have wanted to have a birthday party with their friends or to host a sleepover or to bring her high school friends home because mom was a great cook. How heart-wrenching, excuse me, how heart-wrenching to feel so embarrassed by your home that you never wanted to invite anyone over. So the opportunity of having your parents meet your friends happened on basketball games, happened before after volleyball games, happened in neutral areas that weren't necessarily cozy or intimate like a home setting would be. Home matters. Home matters so incredibly much. And if you are the homeowner listening, which you probably are, or the home dweller, I should say, you probably are, the environment that you create for your family, the environment that you create for your your kiddos, even your fur babies, <laughs> that environment has a lasting effect on the people you share your home with, including you, including you. It took years and so much trust and vetting for me to, as a kiddo, as a young adult, as even a teenager, 
it took years and vetting for me to figure out which friends I felt safe enough to invite into my home, which friends I felt safe enough to invite over who I wouldn't think would judge me for the home environment I lived in, I grew up in, I spent my time in. That to me is so incredibly sad. And what I want to know is that I can't make you care about your home, but I have a feeling that you do if you're listening. I have a feeling that that first step for you, whether you're taking action in other ways or not, that first step is listening. That first step is wanting change and maybe not knowing why you're listening to a decorating podcast, maybe having no idea, but you're already doing something about it. In my home environment, I couldn't necessarily control because I was a kiddo living underneath my parents' roof, but the place I could control, you better believe I did. It was my bedroom where I shut the door and I had, I decorated to my heart's content (laughs) in a way that 14-year-old Danny, 15-year-old Danny could do, in a way that I could allow myself the freedom and the space to do that, to have as few or as many possessions that I wanted, to have them hanging on the walls or not, to move my furniture where I wanted and to make things pretty. My room was my respite. And if you are the homeowner, the home dweller, the queen of the home as most of us mamas are, it's not only up to you because you do share your space with your family, but a lot of times the things in home are. And if it is, you don't have an obligation, you have an opportunity. And that opportunity is sitting before you And it's a really lovely one because what you do in and on your walls allows for your family to be nurtured in a way that maybe they haven't been yet. Maybe they will forever remember. Now, I know that a lot of times when you open your doors, it is not just about what you see. It is about what you feel. But if you are in that point of feeling embarrassed of your home, you are feeling that feel of embarrassment, you're never going to open the door for others. So you won't ever have that opportunity of allowing yourself that space, that time to let you, the heart of you, love on others who walk through your door. Because you have put that barrier in front of yourself and that barrier is the shame of your home. All right, friends, if this is something that resonates with you, let's take some action let's do some action steps. So I want to talk about, first of all, maybe where this embarrassment comes from and to recognize maybe you don't know if you're embarrassed of your home. I I don't know. We're going to give you something to think about with that too. And then some action steps for what you can do about it. So interestingly enough, embarrassment of your home is not a new thing. It's not. What's new to me is that it has a name and I didn't know it had a name. You know, we've heard the buzz terms body shame and we know exactly what that means because it's been around for so many years. But house shame is the term in the decorating community, in the designing community, that it describes exactly what we're talking about today. And they even go on to coin another phrase that looks better on paper than it sounds, but it's house embarrassment like 
house and embarrassment together. Maybe there's a fancy way to say it, I don't know. But those two words, house shame and house embarrassment, are exactly what we're talking about. And it is no surprise that the number one way or reason why we might have house shame is because of the influences that surround us. You know, when I was growing up, we didn't have those influences. The influences I had around me were what I saw in and around my home and my friends' homes, and that was it. But today, we bring those things inside of our homes. We willingly choose to acknowledge, to take in all of these things that continue to, almost like a hamster wheel, add to the shame we might be feeling. You can imagine TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, Tweedledee, I don't know, is it on Twitter? I have no idea. Is it even called Twitter anymore? X? (laughs) But it surrounds us. And of course, all of the design shows that are so fun to watch, the before and the after, but wow, are there so many. Channels, not even channels, network upon network upon network that are designed to show before and after and all of that can be inspiring, it can be informative, it can be entertaining, but it can also be shame-inducing. Magazines, of course, those are maybe a little easier to just ignore than Pinterest or Instagram, but when we have so many outside influences shaping the way that we feel about our homes, about ourselves inside of our home, there's no wonder that so many people have house shame that they are embarrassed. A lot of times there's that recognition. It's like the finger pointing right back at you. It's like a blinking light, right? The recognition of your poor choices or your inability to clean or organize or your, I don't want to even say your lack of learning or your lack of knowing, but, but a skill you have not learned yet. And it could be any of those. A skill you have not learned yet might be organizing. A skill you have not learned yet could be decluttering. A skill you have not learned yet could be decorating your home. All of those things mentioned are teachable. The sounds of summer are gone. There are no more kids running through the house half naked and dripping wet from the sprinklers. You're no longer stuck in the kitchen fixing snacks 10 minutes after you put lunch away. The house is a little bit more quiet, and you have a little bit more time to yourself now that kiddos are back in school. And in that quiet, though you can take a phone call uninterrupted or make whatever it is you want for lunch, eat it at 10 if you want to, or 2, you've got a little more time to yourself, and those walls are a little bit more quiet. And as you're looking at those walls now that the summertime sounds are gone, you might be noticing all of the things that were on your list that had to be put away for the summer. The walls that need to be painted, the rug that needs to be purchased, the chandelier that needs to be hung just right. How do you hang that gallery wall? And which color of pillows should you have? Those questions are coming to the forefront of your mind and I get it. So that's why I'm hosting a live two-day workshop where I teach you how to create a cozy, cohesive looking home on a budget. This two-day workshop is happening September 25th and 26th, 9 a.m. Pacific time. And I want you to join me. 
so that you can learn the foundations for creating a cohesive, cozy looking home. But hey, I get it. If you can't join me live because you're rushing through the aisles of Trader Joe's gleefully throwing in whatever it is you want into your cart, <laughs> no worries. Register for the workshop and I'll send you the replay so that you can learn how to create a home that you delight in, a home that is cozy and cohesive, a home that makes you smile ear to ear, room to room. You can register for the workshop by going to bit.ly forward slash cozy home workshop. I'll see you there. So how do you know if embarrassed, if you are embarrassed of your home, how do you know that? Here are three questions that you can ask yourself. And if you answer yes to any of these, I want you to think about the action steps that we're going to be talking about. Do you or have you made excuses for why people can't come over? If it is book club night, if it is bunko month, if it is wine night, if it is neighborhood yard sale planning committee, and someone is looking for a host home, do you make excuses for why you can't host? Why you can't invite people in? Do you make excuses? No, I, I'm not available. I'm too busy. I'm, my schedule isn't full, but I can go over to that house. I can go over to your house. If you make excuses, that could be one indicator that you have embarrassment of your home. The second thing that you might do to indicate embarrassment is to apologize for the state of your home when someone is welcomed in. The first thing you might say is, hi, how are you? Come on in. Oh, I'm so, I'm, I'm, I, I'm so sorry for the mess. And there's two things on the floor or multiple things or a stack of things on your dining room table that are, is allowing you or keeping you from having dinner there. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so, or not embarrassed. I'm, I'm sorry for it because you haven't acknowledged yet that you're embarrassed about it. You're sorry for whatever it is that they might be seeing. And the third thing that I've noticed is unprompted communication about the projects that you have yet to start or the projects that are yet to be done. A friend comes over, you welcome them in. You might have gotten past the I'm sorry for stage, but now you're moving on to, oh, we're going to get to this. We're going to put this we're going to hang that wine rack up. We're going to put the bookshelf here. The plans that you have in place in your home or the ideas you have in mind that are unprompted, unsolicited by your guest. If you have said yes to any of these or a shouting resounding yes to all of them, maybe you might be embarrassed of your home. So now what do we do about it? The first thing I want you to do, and this of course is going to require a pen and paper, but I want you to reflect on why. I want you to just get it out on paper. Talk to a trusted buddy. Talk to your spouse. Go talk to yourself. <laughs> Take a walk and think about all of the reasons why you might feel embarrassed about your home. What is it? 
Is it that you have ratty old furniture? Is it that you have way too much stuff? Is it that you have a really small space and you don't know how to arrange it? Is it that you have a collection of cats? Is it that you don't really like cleaning and there's visible dust everywhere? What is it? And write that down. And this, my friends, is going to be the very first step of taking action. Because once you realize, once you put pen to paper and you acknowledge that there, I don't even want to say a problem. We're not going to call it a problem, but there is recognition of the thing, the item, the inhibition that is making you feel embarrassed about your home. That is a powerful first step. And then I want you to think about which ones are physical physical items of what you just listed. And I want you to highlight it, circle it, use a crayon to color it. But I want you to think about the physicality of these things you just wrote down. Most of them are likely going to be physical, meaning there's action that can happen in order to remediate it. What that action is, is highly dependent on what it is you're embarrassed about. If you have too much stuff, that action is going to be learning how to declutter. That action is going to be actually setting aside a timer in order to do a 15 minute chunk for the first week and then the second week do 30 minutes and then the third week do 45 minutes and so on. The second thing I want you to think about is with these items in mind, what are the small action steps to remediate those specific items? We talked about the decluttering, but if it is the, you are embarrassed because you have a, a home that has too much dust, it is, it is unclean. What is the action step that is going to get you there? But I don't want you to think in terms of marathon action steps. I don't want you to think about such big picture action steps that are going to keep you still stuck. So if, for example, your main issue of why you're embarrassed is because you have too much dust, there's just dust everywhere, it's unclean, you can see it everywhere, it's, you haven't mopped in three years, whatever that, that might be. Where might you start? Choose a small space, one room, a little spot, maybe the bathroom. Same thing for decluttering. Choose a baby step. Choose something that is small that you can get a very big win. And then the next day, do it again and do it again and do it again. But maybe the action step or the embarrassment is that your home doesn't quite look good. You feel like your home doesn't compare to everyone else's you go into. Like you've made poor choices after poor choices and you're not entirely sure how to stop making those poor choices or use what you have in order to create a space that you feel comfortable in. What is the first action step? 
you might have the end goal in mind and that end goal might be, I want my home to feel like what these pictures I'm seeing on Pinterest feel like, what they look like they feel like. This feels or looks like it feels inviting and cozy and warm. I want my home to feel that way. Your action step might be writing down what you want your home to look and feel like that is not embarrassed. And then as you're doing that, I want you to think about the choices you make from there, those action steps you take. How is that going to align with that feeling word that you now have for the home that you're wanting to create? If you want your home to feel whimsical and playful and fun, and you need a brown cow or you need a couch and you have a choice between brown and red, which one is more whimsical, playful, fun? You're using that feeling word as a lens for the action step that you're about to take. The third thing that you can do to overcome the embarrassment, the shame of your home is to enlist help. And that help might be a YouTube tutorial. That help might be looking on a blog, looking on the step-by-step guide that is you can download from Pinterest, taking a course, listening to a podcast, asking a friend, hiring someone if you feel comfortable doing that. Our homes are meant to be spaces of refuge, of respite, of delight, of comfort, They are designed or intended to be spaces where we feel the safest, where we feel like when we walk in, it feels like a big hug. Because if 2020 has taught us nothing else, it is that the world can be a scary place. The stuff that we see day in and day out, the things that we hear day in and day out, the meetings we have that don't go our way, the interactions we have on the road, you name it, it's not always happy. So when we come home after a long day, when we come home after vacation, when we open up our door, it should be a sigh of relief and not a sigh of disappointment. If this has resonated with you and you would like to take action, and part of that action is deciding to learn what it takes to create a space to create a home that is a delight to you, that tells your family's story, that teaches you how to create a cohesive looking home. I encourage you to come and join my Home Design 101 waitlist. It's not for designers. It's for people like you, with homes like yours, with budgets that are real. It's intended to teach you the art of home because design is teachable. Creating a space that you love to come home to is absolutely positively teachable. The link to register for that waitlist is in the show notes and the doors open at the end of September. All right, friends, until next time, I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, Would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, 
join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.